Welcome to Blind Love Radio. I'm your host, Anna Rosen. Enjoy these heartfelt conversations having to do with creativity, transformation, and the divine. Welcome back to Blind Love Radio. Thank you so much for being here for another episode. Today, I have Carrie on the podcast. She is a sweet friend that I have from my yoga training at Thrive. We did the 200-hour summer intensive teacher training together uh, this past summer, and it was so much fun. You really got to know everybody pretty closely in the training because you were seeing them every day, all day for a month. Um, So you really got to have a lot of close relationships and I really, um, I really love having her as a friend and a fellow trainee and a fellow yogi at the studio. I always get so excited when I get to take her class and she has such a great energy about her. She's so sweet. We talk all about her journey coming into meditation how she found meditation, what she gets from meditation. Um, We talk about yoga. We talk about what sorts of practices she's learned from her teachers and what it's like going on this journey. And um, she led a very different career up until now and then coming to a hard pivot with her career and kind of um really tuning into her truth and walking into the unknown with that which is so scary but so amazing also so i just love a hard pivot um i love when somebody makes a big change that their soul really needs i think that's so beautiful and we talk about that and we talk about what workshop she's going to be um hosting soon at thrive which sound really interesting. I had never really heard about it before, so stay tuned for that. And I'm really excited to present this episode with Carrie all about yoga, meditation, and spirituality. So I hope you guys enjoy, and I'll see you on the other side. Bye! So we are live. Okay, awesome. Okay, so introduce yourself to everyone and where they can find you and something about you. Okay, um, so my name is Carrie Vieira. I am um, currently a, a yoga and meditation teacher. That's very new for me. It still makes me pause before I say it because before that I was. Um, a high school English teacher, and I worked for 15 years in public education, so this has been a very new um, adventure for me. But um, yeah, I, uh, I have been on this journey for a long time, and something just woke up in me pretty recently, and I've decided to just kind of take it on and just run with it and have fun with it. So that's what I'm doing right now. I started an Instagram account a few months ago, so people find me there which is so still like new for me I don't know like I'm not a big social media person so I'm trying to figure it all out um, as I go along but uh, you can find me there at 
uh, underscore spirit, spirit awake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spirit awake, people. You'll find her. I love that. Yeah, so I feel like you have, like, such a great, like, calmness about you, which is so beautiful to be around. And I remember, so we were in the same yoga teacher training this past summer where it was, like, a month-long intensive training, and I remember seeing you at the intro, um, like, figure out if you want to do this thing in January. So it was, like, a little, they were talking about it, and I was like, I don't even know. Like, I'm not even sure if I'd be good at that. Like, I don't know if I can even, like, talk in front of people. And I remember you were sitting there and you were like, I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. <laughs> and I was like, shit, I need some of that. <laughs> You're like, I am meant to do this and it's finally <laughs> happening. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, maybe I could be good. <laughs> Who knows? I just loved that, like, you had, like, such a determination, which was so cool. Yeah. So, like, what made you, like, you know, how did you get into meditating? Because you've been a meditation teacher for a while. Yeah. So yeah. tell me about that. Like, how did you get into that? Yeah. So meditation found me. Actually, um, I knew nothing about it. I was uh, in college. Or actually, I had just graduated college, and I was... Um, on a, just a weekend getaway with a friend up in Woodstock, New York, and we're just hanging out, um, and we were in a, a candle shop or something, and somebody comes up to me, and this man just comes up to me, and he's like, uh, you're not from around here, are you? And I was like, well, Woodstock is this, like, small little mountain town, and I'm from New York City at the time. I had a, you know, heavier accent than I do now, and I was like, yeah, no, it's no surprise that I'm not from around here, but he leans in and says to me, have you been to the Buddhist monastery? And I was like, what? I was like, no. And he's like, you must go. It's right out there. And he points out the window. He's like, beyond that mountain on the other side, just head out, turn left, make a right, and go up into that mountain. And this was like the time before GPS or anything. But I don't know, something woke up when he said that. And I was like, I got to go to that Buddhist monastery. I have no idea why. And so I told my friend, I was like, uh, we gotta go right now, and I literally took my friend in the car, and we just followed the man's directions and drove into the monastery. <laughs> and so your pilgrimage started. <laughs> and I remember when we got there, there wasn't, there was like only one car in the parking lot, way in the back. I was like, is this place even open? It was so bizarre, but I, I don't know. I just felt so drawn to go in, and so we parked and we walked up to the main doors and I just like pulled on the door and it opened up and it was just like magical. We walked right in. There wasn't a soul in sight. Um, the only thing I saw were one pair of shoes in the corner. So I was like, I guess we should take off our shoes. So we did and I walked in and something shifted in me as soon as I walked into that temple. And I'm actually not Buddhist, but there was something that happened when I walked into that temple, my heart stirred in a way that it had never stirred before. And I just felt like I was coming home to something. And 
I just found this like peace that I had not had. And it's funny for you to say like, oh, I think you opened with saying something like, you always seem so calm or something or peaceful. And if you knew my life up until that point, you would have said the exact opposite. <laughs> like my life was a wreck and I was like wild emotions all over the place. But there was something there in that moment and I was like, I really need to know what is going on here. And we still, there was nobody in sight and we kept wandering around until we found a gift shop Nobody in there either, but everything was unlocked. So we were just walking around. And I went into the gift shop and I pulled out a little pamphlet um, that said introduction to meditation and it cost $3. And I was like, I'm gonna get this. I don't know what meditation is, but I'm gonna get this book because I feel like I need to. And I went to the register and there was a sign there that said, we're closed till Monday. And it was Saturday and I was like, oh shoot. And so I was like debating, cause I had a $5 bill in my wallet and I was saying to my friend, should I just leave the $5 here? And they're like, yeah, why not? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't feel right. I feel like I should give it to someone. So I ended up putting the pamphlet down and I was like, never mind. I'll just, you know, figure it out another day. And I went to the door to leave and I opened the door of the gift shop and a man was there. And this was the first time we saw anybody. He was like, did you want to buy something? Ah! Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Let me take that made this very quick exchange and I swear he like disappeared and I didn't see another soul in sight but I left with this pamphlet on an introduction to meditation and it changed my life. <laughs> wow I yeah. feel like I have like full body chills. Yeah. That's so cool. It's like you were just drawn there and then something like just how you say like something shifted. I feel like that's so like energetically it happens I feel like every once in a while you just get that big sudden just energetic shift where like everything's different I wonder what was happening like astrologically too if you like went back and looked like if like something lined up and like I don't know you had this like cosmic moment it's so cool <laughs> that's awesome yeah. So you also, so you've been teaching a Reiki and Hatha class. So how did you end up getting into Reiki? So um, Reiki, I found, so I, that meditation, that experience happened back in 2003. I discovered Reiki, and so I was meditating for several years, and then I discovered Reiki in 2008. Um, also, just kind of, uh, serendipitously, I just uh, I had just moved to the Washington D.C. area from New York, and I was online, like on meetup, trying to find meetup groups for meditation because I wanted to find a community down here, and I wanted to, you know, make friends. And I figured I should start with my main interest, which was meditation. And I discovered, um, and so I went to a Washington D.C. meditation meetup group at the time, and it happened to be that the person that ran that group was a Reiki master. And she was talking a little bit about Reiki, and I had no idea about this whole world of energy at that time. I was like, what? It all sounded very strange, but also very interesting. That's crazy that, like, you hadn't heard of it, and you had been meditating for, like, five years by then. I had, like, heard about it, but I never really, I don't know, for some reason it didn't, like, pique my interest. You yeah. Know? Like, I wasn't, just wasn't pursuing any of it. And so at that time, I um, ended up, you know, befriending that uh, 
that woman, her name is Laura. She's actually one of my really good friends to this day. And so I took classes with her. I became a Reiki master. And um, that opens up a whole new chapter in my life where I started to really tune in energetically to the world. And so actually, I don't practice, to be honest, I don't practice Reiki so much anymore. And my uh, that Hatha class I was doing with the Reiki, um, I, we turned it just into a Hatha class now. But uh, but Reiki was very important in my life at that time because, like I said, it, it opened up the doors for me to understand the world, that, that the world existed in multiple dimensions that we are not just always at least physically able to perceive, but it, it is there. And so once you can start to understand that and, and uh, connect with that, we become a lot more, I think, intuitive, and that helps us... Um, navigate the world more skillfully yeah. yeah so what have what if what's your relationship like with meditation because that's really I feel like you're meat and potatoes yeah <laughs> <laughs> or kale if you're a vegan <laughs> I am vegan okay <laughs> it's your kale juice has become now um, is more of just a way of living so that um, you know just throughout my day I try to do everything that I am doing with greater presence it doesn't mean that I'm successful at that it's just my intention for every day and by setting that intention what I discover is that I have more experiences of presence because my intention is there so Meditation is not just necessarily taking a formal posture and closing the eyes and like focusing on something in the present moment like the breath. That is a very useful practice and I do do that every day. But for me, the, the, the more exciting part is when I discovered that I can just live like that, you know, with just fully present and watching what's happening all the time, watching the mind and how it's... Uh, influencing and shaping my perception of what's going on around me um, and just watching you know my uh, emotions rise and 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 what it feels like in my body and that act of witnessing that because to me that's really what meditation is it's it's trying to wake up the witness and that act of witnessing is actually very liberating because when you can watch your mind you realize that you are not your mind because mm -hmm. you're the one watching it. So you're not it. Yeah, it's you know? like the ultimate freedom. Yeah, exactly. It's like you don't have to be so attached with the, especially like the really hard emotions, like the shame that you carry and that just comes in. And it's like you're not the, you know, that shame or you're not even those decisions that you made. You are like right in this moment, like watching yourself think about that. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's good that you brought up like challenging emotions because that's one of the things that for me has been so neat is to figure out that what emotions actually are and that um, those challenging emotions are really just unexperienced sensations in the body 
but the mind comes in with stories about them that prevent us from experiencing the sensations. And that sounds a little, might sound a little funny at first, but take the example of shame that you said. So shame is just a story. It's a story that the mind tells us about ourselves, that we have a certain situation that makes us feel ashamed. And, um, and so that story will replay in our mind and will trigger what we associate as the feeling of shame. But if we, what happens if we remove the story? What's left? So if there's no story in the mind, if we just let the story, if we just kind of let it go on its way, but we stay with the sensations that we would label as shame, what's there? And when we realize that we can tune out of the story and tune into the sensations in the body, we can feel shame. And I'm using the word shame just because, uh, you know, the language, we have to call it something. But we can feel that in a way that is just pure feeling, pure sensation. And we can allow it to just move through the body, breathe through it, and then we can let it go. Yeah, because the body's ever-changing. Instead of getting caught in that loop of the mind, and I feel like that's, like, all, like, anxiety and OCD, like, my personal experience of it, like, it's that constant avoiding of the present moment and how you're feeling. And, but when, because it's so scary, right? Because we're, like, taught to be afraid of how we feel. Like, don't cry. Like, don't, like, you know, like, buck up, right? But, like, when we just allow ourselves to, like, let down those defenses and really go into it, it's like we we find out that it's not scary. And then we're able to, like, then be free of it. And it's, like, a difficult process to do just because we're so intimidated by it, but it's not actually hard. It's a very, a much easier thing than getting caught in this loop of, like, just mental torture, like, this prison that you become in instead of just, like, releasing into the body. Totally. I'm with you. That's exactly it. You you totally hit the nail on the head. It is... It is the act of avoidance that actually, it's the, it's the fear that keeps us avoiding it. And by avoiding it, it the cycle just keeps repeating. Also, like, just the fear in avoiding, it's just another way of, like, keeping everything separate. Like, yes. we keep ourselves separate from, like, that source of love. And then we're also separating our mind from our heart. And especially when we've had, like, trauma in the past and we've, like, used, been used to, like, disassociating as a defense mechanism, I feel like that's why yoga is so beautiful, especially for people with, like, deep trauma. Because you're able to, like, bridge that, that gap with your breath. It's, like, bridging the mind and the heart in a way that's safe. So you can then feel safe enough to really explore all of that, those emotions that have been stuck in your body. I mean, it's crazy when you're like doing yoga and you're safe enough to like surrender and you have this moment where you just like just start crying because you're like getting into this like old pain that's been like living in your hips and you never fully let yourself feel that. It's like it eventually comes back. It's just, like, being able to actually, like, sort through that shit instead of letting it, like, fester in your body, in your mind, like, feels it. 
Like, it's all connected. It's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I went on a tangent. No, you didn't. That was exactly it. That's, that's what it is. And, you know, just like you said, we store that stuff up in the body. And, you know, we, <clears throat> because we're holding on to it, we have an energy around it that we're constantly emitting out to the world. And so, you know, if we're storing that particular experience uh, in our body we're, and we haven't allowed ourselves to process it, energetically, we are holding on to it and we're going to end up attracting it again to us in some other way. And that other situation is going to bring up very similar types of emotions and sensations. And it's really just the world telling us, well, how about this time? Do you want to try to experience it this time? And we have a choice there, like, yeah, I'm going to do it this time. Or, no, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm going to go, you know, hang out, you know, with friends. Or I'm going to go watch a movie. Forget it. <laughs> you know? Wow, I never really thought about that energetically. Like, I've always, like, I've thought about it in terms of, like, like thinking about it like tarot. Like, when certain cards you ask, like, like, the end of last year, like, what lessons am I not going to repeat again? And it's like, yeah, I've really worked through that one. But, like, thinking about it, like, in a body and mind way of, like, when you, like, really allow yourself to learn that lesson and go through it. And, like, it's all about, like, being open to, like, feeling it. Because it's, you're never, like, learning anything... I'm learning more and more, like, the body is so much smarter than your mind. Like, infinitely smarter. And, like, as you were saying, like, there's so much, like, you build your intuition as you build this awareness of your body and your surroundings and um, and having a handle on, like, how your mind is affecting everything. And I don't know where I was going with that, but... <laughs> Like, it's because it's, like, it's so easy, I guess, and it's so simple, but there's so many different layers to it that it's almost like you have it, but then you don't because it's such a freaking vast, like, topic, and you're woven so closely into it that it's really hard. It's hard to become that, like, objective observer about all of it because it's like you're living it. <laughs> I don't know. No, yeah, it is. I think that that happens almost um, by itself. You know, we can't we can't create. Uh, I'm talking about the experience of like being the observer. I, I don't think we can make ourselves be the observer. I think the more I think we can just practice it, like practice being and watching and observing. But eventually, through that practice over time, it just kind of naturally happens like we have a moment where we're like oh I see I'm actually the witness of this form going through life I'm 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 witnessing I'm here witnessing this you know form called Carrie you know having this conversation on this podcast you know watching you know the world unfold through her eyes through that particular lens um and then yeah, I don't know. When you when you have that, uh, when that awareness starts waking up, then it just, 
I don't know, life gets really fun. <laughs> but also, like, just to go back, I feel like that was my tangent before about, like, feeling things to release lessons is such a cool idea. Like, because then you don't have to go through it again. And you're right. You end up having so much more fun because you don't keep calling the same shit back to you. It's like you're able to, like, like rise above it. Which is awesome. And then your life just gets easier. Definitely. When you start like following what you know you like have to do. And not what you think you need to be doing. It's like synchronicities just keep happening. And it's in that like deconditioning to like let ourselves really be authentic. And go towards our own purpose. And it's like that's where I feel like you get. So you pick up so much of that like chatter about like things that we've been taught about how we should be in the world but really if we like tune into ourselves like we have all the signals about what we should be doing in from moment to moment but it's really like going through being okay with like everything being kind of uncertain also until you get to that moment it's like you don't get that like guarantee that society tell, sells you about security with it. But it's like a, that superficial security, but you have the deeper security when you're living like moment to moment where it's like you know whatever you come in contact, you'll be able to handle because it's like you know you're connected to that source that just like has your back. Rather, you know, I don't know. <laughs> no, you are totally speaking my language because that's, I really feel like I'm living exactly what you described right now. Because like I said at the beginning, I had a very predictable career. You know, I was uh, 15 years in public education on a trajectory, you know, just um, doing doing well for all intents and purposes. Um, and my husband, Miguel, went to India in 2017 to a spiritual school there that I had actually traveled to back in 2010. And while he was there, he just went into a deep meditation and got a very clear message that I needed to stop working um, and just focus on, you know, myself and my journey and whatever was going to come up for me next. And, you know, focus on the family, obviously, because we have two small kids. And when he called me from India and I was at work and he's like, I have a message for you. And my husband is not like into any of this woo-woo stuff. I was very surprised he even went to India in the first place. But, um, <laughs> but you know, so this, he doesn't talk like this. So I was like, what do you mean you have a message? He's like, write this down so that we don't forget. And I, so I got a pen and I got a post-it off my desk. And he's like, you need to take a year off of work. And I, I just remember thinking to myself, my first thought was like, that's crazy. You know, we have two daycares to pay for. We have a mortgage. Like, no, you know, like we can't just have our income, you know, and, and just go into this place of insecurity. Um, and then I had a second thought because I realized that first thought was like going right into fear. And then the second thought actually wasn't even a thought. I just like paused and breathed and suddenly I felt again like the heart opening and I burst into tears and I realized, oh my God, like this is exactly what I need to do. I had no idea. <laughs> uh-huh. And that's how I'm here and I have no, like you said, like I, there's so much that's uncertain right now in a way 
when you actually so come back to the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So what have you learned from being a teacher lately? So you've been teaching yoga for like a couple of months now. Yeah, yeah. So like how do you feel about it and how has it like shaped you so far and how does it differ from like teaching in a classroom and what are the similarities, like anything? Yeah, I, I'm loving it so much. It, it really is bringing me great joy. And I think it's because I, I, I've always loved to teach. And that's why I went into teaching um, right out of college. I, I was probably one of the few people that knew from at middle school. That's like when it woke up in me that I wanted to be a teacher. And I went, you know, to college knowing that that's what I wanted to do. So I love teaching. It's for me, it's a lot of fun. It feels very natural, but um, what I enjoy really about teaching yoga and meditation is that I get to um, share the, the techniques, if you will, that have just brought me the greatest joy. And so I, I feel like they're the most transformative. Um, I loved teaching uh high school when I was teaching there and I love teaching English specifically because I enjoyed you know talking about literature with kids and getting them to kind of you know learn about the world and themselves through that literature and find their voice and that was all you know really beautiful um, but this to me kind of takes it to another level because it's really an even deeper place within the human heart and the human experience that we get to go into and um, and experience and so that's what I love about teaching yoga and meditation and um, it's also just a lot practically speaking it's a lot more um, I like just having a more flexible schedule you know than uh, than teaching like in the public school system and just having the ability to um, balance my my life in a in a healthier way so there's just a lot about that's bringing me a lot of joy right now yeah, I'm sure your kids like having you around more. Yeah, it makes all the difference. You know, in the mornings, uh, so my oldest is almost five, and so for the past however many years, and I was working for the first four and a half years of her life, or four years of her life, uh, yeah, four and a half. And so she, she, every morning, I would have to take her to daycare, take her to preschool, and I'd be like a drill sergeant, like, let's go, everybody, wake up, wake up, get dressed, you know, like, oh, you got to go to the potty, we're just up, you know, about to head out the door. And every morning was like this routine that was just exhausting. And so just to have um, the ability now to take it nice and slow. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> You need to go to the bathroom, honey. <laughs> yeah, you want to change your whole outfit? No problem. <laughs> you don't like what you're wearing anymore? <laughs> Um, so 
my, uh, I've had a lot of amazing um, teachers that have shaped my life, but the two that for me are like my great master teachers, um, they are a uh, husband and wife uh, team in India um, near Chennai, and they're Sri Amma and Sri Bhagavan. And so they have a spiritual school that they had started there, um, I think, in nine, well, in 1989 is sort of when all of this, this particular, their, their work had really kind of started to catapult and, and grow. But um, I, I went there in 2010. I felt called to do it. And uh, it was uh, an intense, it's, it's an intense journey where, you know, you're doing a lot of what we were talking about earlier, a lot of kind of churning up all of the uh, stuff, all of the junk that we have just like stored in our bodies. And it's not just our physical body. You know, when we use the word body, we're talking about the energetic body as well. So we're just, it's like an intentional process of churning it up so that you can finally feel it and release it. You know, so you kind of go in with this, like, courage, like, I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah. And you're doing it in, like, a safe, supported environment. It's so cool. Yeah. And um, they're really committed to uh, helping all of humanity be free of suffering. That's kind of, like, their mission. Um, And so, you know, being there was just uh, the most uh, beautiful, amazing thing. I mean, it really... I, I came back changed and I've been um, kind of following their teachings and integrating them into my life ever since. And so a lot of the work I do is inspired by, you know, what they have taught me and, and shown me. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So are there any, what's like the biggest teachings that have, um, I don't know, I guess what anything else besides what we were just talking about? Yeah. So, um, So I think that some of the ones that have impacted me the most are the importance of relationships. Um, They really helped me see how uh, healing the relationship that I have, not me personally, but all of us have with our parents, that that is the most important relationship in our lives because, you know, the relationship we had with our parents in our formative years, that's when we first started kind of taking on those charges and putting, you know, or those triggers and like storing them into the body. And that's what ended up kind of, you know, perpetuating itself for our entire lives forward. So they do a lot to bring us back in through meditation, through visualization, through, you know, these deep processes into childhood to intentionally release all of the stuff we have stored from that, those experiences. They even have a process where they bring us back into our experience of birth. And even though the conscious mind can't, um, remember our birth there, you know, our birth experience can be a very traumatic one for a baby. You know, you think of just even passing through the birth canal, for example. And so they have us kind of going into those experiences and just energetically bringing up the feelings and releasing them. And so they've shown me just how much, um, like, how much we're carrying and how important it is to heal that first relationship we developed in life, which is the one we developed with our parents. And honestly, once I went through those processes, all of my other relationships started to naturally improve. And that's exactly what, you know, they had said would happen. Um, the other thing that, 
that they helped me understand is the importance of um, honoring our ancestors. It's it's very interesting because I just I don't know I don't know if it's our culture in the West or what, but I just didn't I I didn't have a strong connection to my ancestral line, and so it wasn't until you know some of their teachings helped me see that. I owe everything I have to my ancestors. Like they lived some really crappy lives and they went through a lot of suffering so that I can be where I am today. And I had no idea. Like I just did not have a consciousness around that. And now that I do, I kind of, I, I pray for them a lot more than I ever did. And I, I, I pray for their liberation and their bliss and their joy because I realized that we are all linked and that I'm, I'm carrying. I'm here because of them. Everything I have is because of them. But I'm also carrying um, any suffering or trauma in the ancestral line. I'm also carrying it through them. So it's we're linked in all of those ways. And so uh, you know, I just realized I had been divorced from that sense of of the ancestors. And so that was really cool to like reconnect to that. There's a lot of other stuff. That's just, <laughs> Those are two huge ones that I've been working with also. I feel like you're always trying to heal the relationships with your parents. Parents' re- relationships get so weird because parents have their own stuff, right? I mean, they're, they're doing the best they can, but, yeah. um, you know, just honoring that they are doing the best they can, but then also you may have received something that intentionally or un not intentionally unintentionally um maybe impacted you negatively somehow and by like honoring the duality of that you allow yourself to move past it instead of like glossing over it and pretending like everything was fine because like everybody has shit um and then your relationships with them become like so much better and it, it becomes, like, way harder at first because you're bringing up all of these things that were usually just swept under the rug and it gets really uncomfortable. But when you're able to, like, like anything, when you're able to look it in the face and work through it, it's, like, it opens everything up, like, tenfold. And it's so amazing. Yeah, and it transfers to everything. Like, your relationships, how you'll be a mother, um, and you're really stating, like, what you're worth as a person, which is really cool, in your own, um, authority. It's really, like, stepping back into, um, you know, that observer, so you're not so connected to these ideas that you've inherited, um, through these relationships, so that's really cool. Um, yeah. yeah. And I love the thing about the ancestors also. I feel like I had never, I feel like I had it, I always felt like there was some sort of like spirit watching out for me my whole life, especially with like all the dumb stuff that I did as like a teenager and like never truly having like big implications from that. And I I felt like every time I had, like, gotten, like, away by the skin of my teeth and, like, I just knew that there was something protecting me and I feel like now I've really delved into that relationship and realized those were ancestors watching out for me 
And now being able to like honor that and build that relationship where I'm consciously involved and I feel like it's just made it so much more powerful and so much of like, it's like, yes, we need to like dig through all of this current trauma that we've gone through. And I just mean trauma as like any sort of like wound that you've gone through. Like everybody has trauma, like something, you know, we all get hurt, right? When we're living with an open heart. But when we're able to like dig through what we have going on here and then you realize you were carrying all this stuff from them also. And it's like this exchange where they're like looking out for you and then you're able to like like work through some of this karmic baggage that they are still holding on to. And it's like as you release your like as you release into freedom yourself you free other people and you free these other spirits and it's like you're not only doing this work for yourself but just the whole collective and it's like just such a symbol of like how we're all so connected and intertwined and it's like that's why it's so important to like spread this message I think (laughs) because it's like you know, it's not only for me, it's like, you know, that's great, but like it's your, it's for the people, everybody in those families is going to benefit from you doing yoga. It's like not just about you. (laughs) (laughs) You are so spot on. Yeah, exactly. Everything you said, exactly. That's how you're the same exact way. So actually, I'm going to be, I'll put in a little plug because I'm going to be doing one of those processes at Thrive, I think in May, um, the one on going back into your birth. Ooh, I want to do that. Sign me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we've called it conscious rebirthing, something like that. But um, but I'm really excited about it. I've never... um, done it for folks in that setting. Um, I've done it for folks in other settings, but not like for a wider audience in a yoga studio. So um, if you're, if anyone's listening and wants to check it out, it, you know, it's it's nice to be able to take this on, like you said earlier, in a space that's safe, in a space that's dedicated to it, um, with people setting the intention that like, you can go there and we got you. You know what I mean? Like, I got you, you're, you're good, you know? Yeah, you can let go of the fear to be able to really experience it, which is awesome. So what is that? I've never really heard about this. So, like, what does it look like when you're really bringing a strong intention for people to go back to that emotional experience? Like, does it look like you're sitting in meditation and you're guiding them through a meditation and then you bring it up and just ask them to feel it? Or are they, like, doing different asanas? Or is it like yeah, a lot of breathing um, techniques? Good, good question. It is. It's like a visualization meditation journey, and so there there'll be obviously some setup of it beforehand. You know, you kind of have to um, prepare the for the mind to get out of the way because the mind for this kind of thing, the mind will. You know, the mind doesn't want you to have these experiences. I don't know why it behaves that way, but it just, it doesn't want you to. Like, the you mind know. is a predator. <laughs> it, like, wants you to, like, suffer. I don't, it's not an enemy, you know. It, 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 it serves us in a lot of ways, but there are a lot of times when 
it doesn't serve us. And yeah. so, well, you it's know, that duality, right? It can go yes. either way. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so in this kind of thing, when we meditate, the mind loves to get in the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it loves to just give us any reason whatsoever to come out of the meditation. You know, it fixates on some sounds that it finds annoying, or it fixates on discomfort in the physical body, or it fixates on some thoughts about, you know, something that's coming up in the future that you need to get done, whatever it is, whatever it may be. But it likes to pull us out of the experience. And so with this kind of thing, it will tell us, like, it will it will tell you, you don't remember your birth. There's no way you can go back to your birth and experience what that was like because you don't, you know, you've lost all memory of that. And it'll have that kind of thing. So we have to kind of set up first to prepare to say, you know what? I'm not going to entertain those thoughts. Instead, we're going to connect to our source because whatever information you get from a journey like this, a meditation journey like this, it's going to come from the source, the divine, whatever you want to call it, some, you know, God, it doesn't matter, you know, your higher self. Um, But that connection is really important to have some kind of established connection to that, to that source um, and I, you know, I know people can't see me, but I'm like instinctively keep going, touching my heart center because for me, like that source rests in our heart center. Um, and so, you know, kind of honoring that, cultivating that, waking that up and letting that take the lead. And so we kind of set that intention as we go into then the, a visualization meditation that will um, have us kind of just revisit what it was like to imagine ourselves, just imagine in our minds, you know, what it was like to be in the womb. And then, you know, I will guide people through the entire journey of, you know, coming, being born, coming out, what that experience was like those first few hours. Um, And again, it just comes from the feeling place. It's not about conjuring up the actual memories. It's not about making sure we get it right. It's just about waking up the feelings that are in our body that just kind of know instinctively to wake up as we're re-experiencing this and to feel them and to breathe with them. So, um, yeah, what it actually will look like is just a whole bunch of us sitting in meditation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's so cool. (laughs) But, you know, it it, it might bring up uh, lots of different emotions for folks and it's, it's actually kind of intended to, you know, so, and, uh, and it's good. It's good because it's liberating. Yeah, that's so cool. So I feel like it's so amazing that we can do, we have so much, it's almost like our body is like this technology that we can use to like, if we know how to access it right, we can like tune into these different things. And it's so cool how we can like bring that up with meditation and guided meditation. And especially with it being in like a group setting, feel like that group energy is so special when you have like a group of people committed to the same intention and all doing like the same thing it's like I don't know it just like magnifies it and I feel like it makes it just like easier to access also you feel like more comfortable going there because other people are you don't feel like you're the only one doing it I don't know that I feel like there's a lot of like fears about doing things alone but when you're like with a community and you're doing it together it just feels less scary absolutely I think the community is so important 
Um, and, and a physical community is really nice, you know. So I try to, um, you know, there's, uh, I, I, I've been teaching meditation at the school system for employees of the school system for the past almost three years now. And, you know, it's starting to actually feel like community folks are kind of committed and, and coming again and again. And I think, you know, what I've started to see over time is that as folks start coming back and, and again and again, and they see each other, they start to grow more comfortable to share their authentic questions and their authentic challenges. And that's what allows us to go deeper when we can, you know, we're not embarrassed or feeling like we have to put up a front and we can just be open and say this, I, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this. And I think being able to support one another as well as to celebrate our successes, you know, to share those successes and to share the miracles and coincidences that we start to kind of tune into and become more aware of um, as we kind of grow on the journey. So it, it's exciting to see communities around meditation like that develop. Um, but even if you're not physically able to uh, connect to a community, there are ways to connect um, digitally, virtually, you know, to a meditation community. I know the Insight Timer app, for example, um, has lots of, uh, has a functionality to have groups and communities kind of interacting online. So I, I definitely encourage folks, especially if they're new to meditation, to um, kind of find a, a, a group that they can, you know, stick with and grow with for, for a while. If you need any new ideas, you should start an online meditation community. <laughs> that would be so cool. I feel yeah. like all of that could be, like, brought to a platform like that. So it could be, like, access everywhere. I keep thinking about something like this. And I, it's actually partly why I started a YouTube channel last week or whatever. Oh, yeah. Watching. Shout out your YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. Channel is so strange. What's its uh? What's its handle? It's it's called Spirit Awake. Okay, <laughs> Spirit Awake. I have a link on my Instagram, but um, yeah, that, I don't know. That just like came kind of out of the blue spontaneously as well. So, uh, but that was part of my thinking is that I wanted a way to share this with folks and um, you know, develop some kind of ability to connect with people. You know, I have a lot of uh, friends and family because I'm from the New York area who live up there or just like move to other parts of the, you know, country and whatnot. And just the ability to stay connected to people, I think that's the nice thing that the digital world offers. Um, totally. But I'm still trying to figure out the best way to, to make it all happen. But it's something I'm playing with. Okay, stay tuned, folks. Yeah. <laughs> And then do you want to shout out your teacher's thing that he's hosting? Oh, yeah. So that's right. My um, very, uh, one of my favorite teachers and uh, also a good friend, Doug, Douglas Bentley, he is, um, he actually lived at that spiritual school in India that I referenced earlier. He lived there for 10 years as a monk and he studied um, under Sri Amman, Sri Bhagavan, during that time and he's now back in the United States. He came back, I think last year and he's, he and his wife Prima are uh, touring the country and teaching and sharing everything that they learned during their time in India. And they are just really amazing people. And um, I always consider it one of the greatest uh, blessings to be able to um, hear uh, 
Doug Teach. And so the great thing is that he's coming to Washington, D.C. next month, um, February 23rd, and he's going to be doing a one-day workshop um, sharing a lot of, you know, the things we've been talking about um, and sharing some meditations and I think doing some blessings. And I think it'll be really nice. Um, I think it would be amazing, actually. So uh, that... I think we're still finding a location for it, but it's going to be somewhere in Northern Virginia, and I will share it on my Instagram when we have the finalized details. Cool. (laughs) Yay. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Do you have any, like, last thoughts or anything like that you want to – we covered a lot. Yeah, I think we covered a lot. I'm just – I just love – talking about this stuff it's a lot of fun so thank you for for engaging me in the conversation same thank you so much carrie all right thank you all right bye thank you guys so much for listening i hope you enjoyed today's episode with carrie you can find her classes at thrive the yoga studio in rockville and check her out check out her youtube check out her instagram spirit awake and i hope you guys have an amazing rest of your week i hope you can maybe incorporate some practices that piqued your interest in this episode maybe um, bring your awareness to the present moment or finding a little bit of time to just sit down and meditate and or maybe not maybe that's not your thing do whatever you like whatever makes you feel good that's the whole point so have an amazing week i hope it is just fabulous and i will be putting out another episode in a few days so i'll see you really soon all right bye (laughs) 